Hello and welcome back to the Millennial Ag Podcast, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. So, let's dive right in today. Valine, what have you been up to? Well, I've kind of had a, a very eventful day. Um, it was all scheduled, but I went to a sales training this morning and kind of dove into a personality test, which I'd been introduced to, but didn't really know, and that was really interesting. And then some county workshops and stuff this afternoon. So kind of been all over all over the town. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds that way. Our year certainly is just, we started off with a bang at work and we are not slowing down for sure. No, and it's, you're just as busy and trying yeah. to get things wrapped up from 2019 and dive into 2020 still. Huh? Yeah, and even though we're ostensibly in the same state in the same office, it's still <laughs> a challenge to catch up with each other. So i um, glad that we can get together and do another podcast. Mm-hmm. So tell me some more about this uh, personality assessment. Which one was it? It was the DISC uh, assessment and it there's the D, the I, the S, and the C. And I still don't know a whole lot about it, but I um, they were talking about how you kind of assess somebody when you meet with them and so that you can gear your sales pitch or, or your marketing towards that specific person. And so because I was just the guest today, um, I was the guinea pig in the room (laughs) and they made me kind of, they started questioning me on who I was and what I did and blah, 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 and tried to um, narrow down um, what my, my personality type was and how they might gear their marketing towards me. And it was interesting because I really felt like I was an S, so that was more of the sensing maybe more of the touchy-feely, I'm fun, I'm energetic, blah, blah, blah. But when they started asking me questions and they pinpointed it, they put me as like a C and a D, which are more of the analytical decision makers. And it was like, oh yeah, I am an engineer and I do make decisions and I am pretty cut and dry. So it was kind of <laughs> interesting to, you know, kind of was like a gut check for me because I was like, oh, you, I want to be an S, I want to be fun, I want to be this person but I, no, I'm, I'm an engineer and I need to, you know, figure out how maybe to own that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting thought. And before we go too much further, no offense to other engineers I know, but you are, you are not the typical engineer <laughs> in the way that you come across. You're very conversational and, um, you know, like to talk about things besides just numbers, which I appreciate because, you know, me and numbers don't get along very well. So, so um, it gave you a gut check and made you think about how you need to own what's actually going on and, and how you're actually coming across to the world versus how you were hoping or wanting to. Is that right? Yeah. And I think, I think I can adapt really well, but it was kind of a, okay, this is, this is what the world sees me as. And this is what maybe I feel like I want the world to see me as. So it was knowing that like my personality is kind of the way God created it and Mm -hmm. I just need to own it. It's okay to adapt and mold to having the conversation with you or molding to my boss or molding to somebody else. But you know, who am I truly at the core? When the stressors set in and I just lose it, where does my personality typically go to? This sort of reminds me of that Brene Brown quote. You either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. And I don't think, like, I mean, that's a little extreme to apply to your experience today, but I think that that can can really be um, 
applied to a lot of what we see in agriculture. I totally agree. And I think agriculture, um, a lot of times we stand outside and just hustle, hustle, hustle until the point of almost breaking. You know, this is what, this is, I want as a rancher from Idaho and Nevada, I want to have a tough exterior. I want to be able to ride horses all day and rope cattle and I'm tough. Right. Right. Absolutely. And we're not, I mean, we're not talking hustle like you get up at five and go to go to bed at 11 and you work all day and all that sort of stuff. The hustle is that that's how you want to be seen. You're working really hard for the world to see you that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as the daughter of a dairyman, I mean, I I want to be a, a dairy farmer. I want I want to I want to, you know, be in partnership or own a dairy and you know that's how that's how I've always known myself and known my identity and now away from home for five years um that's that that's just not what I am I'm a I'm a I'm an agriculture consultant that's my background but um you know I'm no longer um actually on a dairy so tell me more about about hustling for our worthiness in agriculture I think well hustling we hustle for what we want our story to be we hustle for what we want consumers to see we hustle for what we want their agriculturalists to see i think we just to pardon Mm -hmm. me for interrupting but hustle we hustle that too because that's what we've been told to hustle told by our commodity groups and our our agricultural organizations and you know consumer specialists and marketing insights and all that sort of stuff i mean i think we've been told to hustle for that too And I think it's good to have those groups and nothing against any of those groups, a lot of them, which we are all a part of and all for. But Catherine, do you dare to be different than them occasionally? Do you dare to stand up on the podium and and question the norm? You know, not when we leave that group, we have to come out united. But can you dare to question what they're wanting inside of our own our own walls inside of our own organizations and I mean that's the eight million dollar question right seriously I mean it, it is so hard to go against the grain to 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 talk about or even bring up something that might be different I know that um, you know this is something that we've encountered in our family um, you know my parents dared to be different in the way that they market their milk um, by marketing directly to one single company instead of going with a co-op and um, by daring to do that they've they've been shunned from a lot of the industry and because a lot of the industry is i mean stuck on the old ways and i mean you know we don't have to get too far into a who's right and who's wrong i don't think anybody is specifically right or wrong but i mean my parents took a look at the system and said it's not working for us is there a different way and they did it and it's paid off dividends for them um but there's also been there's also been a downside to it too. So do we dare to be different in agriculture? I mean, that's, it's a great question and it's intimidating and it's scary. And I mean, it's what we're trying to do with this podcast, right? We're trying to do, to do different and to bring up hard conversations, topics that either get swept under the rug or, or aren't talked about because they're, they're kind of taboo or, you know, we've just always done it that way. So here we are daring to be different on our podcast inside of a room with a whole bunch of people would we do it can we do it and and what kind of people you know if it's maybe millennials it might be easier to start bringing up these conversations but with people i look up to and the industry leaders 
out there telling me what they're doing and how they're doing it. I sometimes just sit there awestruck at how cool I think they are and I want to be like them. I want to adapt my ways to them. And it's it's okay to have those role models and strive towards that way, but can you take a step back and have the courage to to respectfully question them or ask them why they're doing it and and give them a gut check because you know once the the saying fake it till you make it which I am I'm a believer in that to some extent but there's once I'm starting to get into these industries a little bit more and the you know you peek behind the curtain to see see the cast before the act you start seeing the the oh my goodness moments or how are we going to get through this or I can't do this anymore and then they're able to pull it together and come out on the podium and deliver their talk I'm like they're real too but how do we how do we kind of pull the, down that barrier and have those authentic conversations about what they're scared about? Because they're scared just like you and I to question the norm sometimes. Right. And I mean, scared about issues that we see coming in the industry, but we can't, you know, we can't have a meaningful conversation about them because we're all too divided and it's too partisan. I mean, just to bring up a few, let's think about immigration. Let's think about um, consolidation on farms. Let's think about, you know, the the threat or or the agenda of, of so many um, activist investors out there to get rid of animal agriculture, you know, within the next 20, 20, 30 years to get rid of our way of life. I mean, those are just a few of the topics that, that, um, are scary, but you know, we, it seems like we can't ever, we can barely talk about them because everybody has a different opinion and, you know, is, is striving to, to prove their worthiness to talk about it. And so we just, we don't. And we, we check our authenticity at the door and come in with this shield and this callus that we've been taught to have. And I don't think we can move forward like that. I think you're right. Um, it's hard to, an understanding like that, like we aren't going to get very much further unless we open ourselves up, unless we start owning what is really truly going on within ourselves, within the industry, um, instead of sticking our heads in the sand or, you know, out there shouting i'm worthy i'm worthy i promise i promise look 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 Mm -hmm. so where where do we go from here that is a good question and that's something like i've pondered and i think it's a self-development and figuring out how to own maybe our personal stories but how to own our operational stories and how do we tell how do we tell those true authentic stories to somebody else because we can sit there and talk about them or we can own them or we can start asking the what's really going on here questions but is that something we need to start telling the consumer and how do we start telling the consumer or other industry people because that's not stuff you can just post on social media you can post a few authentic pieces on social media but it's not going to come across the way we want it to and it's and then it gets well, are they wanting the sympathy card or were they wanting the empathy card? And it's like, no. <laughs> I think these are conversations that need to be had over a beer or in a boardroom or face-to-face or video conference. Mm-hmm. And I think it probably takes um, using the people around you to help you see what story you're really standing inside or what story you're standing outside of and trying to avoid, you know, getting with a really close friend or a mentor who you really, really trust because this will take trust because it, it it's a very vulnerable state to mm-hmm. be in asking something like that. But, you know, it, it's utilizing the people around you, your, your network, your tribe, your, 
your circle to help you grow and develop that way. Um, Because otherwise, I I think you're right, we'll just stagnate both within ourselves, within our industry, on our own operations. And I think we can get, we get comfortable where we're at. And I think to continue to grow, to continue to develop, we've got to start start peeling the onion back a little bit. (laughs) I think we've used that term before. Um, But we have to, and it doesn't happen, the hard thing is, is, In agriculture, we want things to change overnight. We want the markets to increase tomorrow so that I can sell cattle at a higher price. But telling our true, authentic story starts with ourselves. We have to own it ourselves. And that's not, for me, that's not going to happen tomorrow. Right. It's not an overnight process. It's going to be a couple glasses of wine with Catherine or my church group and some sitting down and journaling and just reflecting you know, on situations that have happened today, like the DISC profile, you know, it's like, okay, who am I truly? How can I adapt to specific situations? But how can I own who I am? Yeah. And benefit the world? Because me being somebody that I want the world to perceive isn't, for me, isn't who God created me to be. And I have to own who God gave, the gifts God gave me And how can I share them with the world in a positive, effective manner that tells my story, tells my family story, tells the legacy of my ranching heritage. Yeah. That's adapted from everything from commercial cow-calf to the purebreds to niche marketing and all these different pieces and family drama and parcels sold off and subdivided and blah, blah, blah. How do we own that story and tell it? And... And it might not be as magnificent as I want to tell. You know, I want to say that my great-grandfather homesteaded 25,000 acres and it's still in the family and we still got cows there. But it wasn't 25,000 acres. It was 100 acres of land he was given. And we've built on it and then it's been broken off. And, And But how do we own that story still and keep the legacy going and our passion for agriculture and not blow it out of the water, um, but continue to own and stride for the betterment of everybody, the betterment of ourselves, the betterment of our families, and the betterment of our communities. That's that's a really great example. And I mean, I it, it just makes me think about my own story that I think, you know, maybe I have one foot in and one foot out of. <laughs> I, you know, I grew up on my family's dairy farm and, and that's always where I thought that I was gonna be. And, um, you know, five years out of college and, and I have been trying my best to figure out how 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 me and my husband are going to be back on the farm and how we're going to fit in there and and you know how it will be best for for our family and our operation and everything but um you know we we've set out down a little bit of a different path and my so much of my story is tied up in my family's legacy and and honoring it and and you know having a deep pride in that heritage that um, you know, sometimes I really sort of have forgotten to look at where I am right now, what I'm looking at right now, and where God might be guiding me and my husband here in Colorado. And, you know, it's it, it's a hard thing to look at. It's something that over the last year I've slowly been coming to, and I still don't have both feet inside of my own story for this particular one, but it's worth asking these questions. It's worth being uncomfortable because who's to say that, you know, doing something different outside of what, you know, I had planned in my own head couldn't be a thousand times better than what 
what I had planned. Of course it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's just going to look a lot different than than what I have been hustling for and, and thinking that my worthiness is tied up in. And I think our identity sometimes we want to put it all in that legacy. And we put blinders, at least for me, sometimes we put blinders on and just see this straight and narrow path. And what's really surprising is once we finally peek beyond those blinders to see what an amazing opportunity we have that we never even envisioned because our blinders were so on and we were hustling for that one worthiness or that one identity when our identity isn't in any one specific thing really. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, The blinders, they do just that. They blind us to other possibilities. And whether it's, it's, you know, you know, your family operation related or, or career related or, you know, who you think you are in the industry, it's worth taking a step back, self-checking and trying to pull those blinders off and I mean it's uncomfortable we both know this and it probably will take a glass of wine or two (laughs) over several several months or maybe even years um but it's 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 an important thing and we have to do it because otherwise we aren't going to be able to solve the problems that the industry needs solved we aren't going to be able to continue our family's heritages and and legacies even if it does look just a little bit different than the way we thought it would growing up so we're asking you listeners to help help tell your story redefine your worthiness and quit hustling for your worthiness we want to hear from you how have you taken the hustle out of your worthiness and not we want you to still hustle for your day-to-day work and and your dreams and your goals yes but but try to remove the hustle out of who you are and the worthiness and the definition. And we really want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. How are you working to own your story and own your worthiness? So as always, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Check out Millennial Ag and email us, Catherine at millennialag.com. That's Catherine, K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. We really do want to hear from you listeners. Drop us a line, send us a note. Um, we're curious. We want to know what you're up to because uh, we're we're interested. You have different perspectives, different experiences than we do, and we want to build this millennial ag community with you. So until next week, this is Millennial Ag. Mm-hmm.